So have you ever prayed for something and then it didn't happen? Have you ever seen somebody else praying for something and voila, it does happen? Is God capricious? Does he answer some prayers and not other prayers? Did you not say the right words? Were you not intense enough? Were you not serious? Is God evaluating your earnestness while you're praying? Well, all of these are questions that come out of why does not why doesn't God answer my prayers? So we've been talking about prayer for the last several episodes of Life Talks. My name is Dan, and I'm with Ben. We're the teaching pastors at Life Fellowship in Metro Charlotte. Ben, I know you have had this question. I've had this question, both from a personal level of my own life and from others. Why doesn't God answer all of our prayers? <laughs> <laughs> and I'll just sit back and listen to this uh, answer. The, this snar- the, the snarky answer is he does answer all of our prayers. Yes, oh, I've heard that one. <laughs> just sometimes the answer is no. <laughs> I think I think the really the question is why doesn't God answer the prayers that I feel like he should answer. Mm-hmm. Right? Like Yeah, I guess the baseline question is why doesn't God give me what I want? <laughs> <laughs> because there are let's just be honest, there are prayer t- there are times when we pray and ask God for things that are quite myopic or quite selfish. Mm-hmm. Let's just be honest. Like we might ask God to do things for us that just more gear itself towards my own comfort and my own ease of life. There might not necessarily be anything wrong with some of the things you're praying, but but let's just be honest. Those are not, uh, God's not up in heaven as the cosmic butler making sure that your life is, is all ease and downhill running. That's mm. not his purpose. Our purpose in life is to glorify God. And we know that we will have trouble and, and hardships and trials in this world. And so um, we just have to understand there are times when, you know, the prayers we're asking are just the wrong prayers. Hmm. But then there's also the times when we pray, and these are the times we might pray when we know, I'm praying for the right thing. I know I'm praying for the right thing. I'm praying for the thing that I, I know God wants, and God does not come through. And that's where the real... If we're going to say use this word crisis of faith comes because I think or maybe crisis in our faith in in either prayer or God's God's care for us because we might be saying God I am praying a lot for this and I'm not seeing any movement um it's it's bound to happen I I'll, I'll just be I'll be honest with you I've I've gotten angry at God before mm. in my life because there were things I was I had expectations and desires that I believed were godly expectations and godly desires and all of these things, and yet I wasn't seeing God do what I wanted him to do in the timing that I want him to do it. And that was really frustrating. Um, you talked, we had, we've had some very close family members that have dealt with um, infertility. Hmm. And, you know, there's no, that's something even you and Julie mm-hmm. have dealt with. Mm-hmm. There's nothing that you feel like is is a greater desire for a man and wife to have than to say, God, we'd like to have a child. Mm-hmm. And yet then there's this silence or there's this absence and you just feel like, are you punishing me? What's going on? This is a good thing. Why, why, why is that couple or those people? And mm-hmm. it's just, there's this, there, this, there's this complexity of our soul when God does not answer prayer the way that we have expectations of him praying. And so, yeah, this is a, this is a big deal mm-hmm. that I think all of us struggle with. So. Oh. So what is what is what is the solution? <laughs> do we just suck it up? <laughs> <laughs> well, I do think that um, there are a couple things that we need to we need to remember that the Bible makes very clear. 
uh, and I want to explain, if we're going to pray, make sure you're you're praying these things. Number one, pray that you're praying things according to his will or or asking in his name. Remember, Jesus says, ask, if you ask anything in my name, and I will give it to you. Well, that is not a magical phrase that, that you just add on. Dear God, I would love a 4,000-square-foot house in Jesus' name. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get it now. Yeah, it's the magic <laughs> it's formula. It's the magic word. Uh, no, that's not that's not what it means. What what it means is in if you go back to the first century world, um, if you were a representative of a king um, or an ambassador for a king, you would do things in the name as if if that king was in the city or doing you know his, if his presence was there and you're acting on his behalf, you're doing everything that the king would do. When Jesus says, pray in my name, what he's saying is, I want you to pray for the very things I would pray for. Hmm. That's what I'm saying when I when I say that. Praying in accordance to my will. The things that I want, pray for those things. I mean, Britt and I had talked about this at our, a couple um, podcasts ago, but this idea of praying for, praying scripture. When you're praying scripture, you know you're praying, you're praying God's will because his word is very clear on the things that God wants. Um, and so that, but that, you know, we can't assume that we're just praying God's, God's will and things. I think when we, when we keep that consciousness alert and alive while we're mm-hmm. praying, it creates accountability because in as much as it would be a dangerous thing to say this is in the name of the king yeah. when it was clearly against the will of the king, yeah. the, the king's not going to ignore that. No. Not only is he not going to honor it, yeah. but eventually he's going to deal with that on the part of his ambassador. And and here's the thing that God knows. God knows your motivation for asking. you. That's it. I wrote this down. It is foolish for us to think we can manipulate God, and sometimes our motivation is manipulation. Absolutely. I think that that's one of the greatest lessons I've learned is when I feel like I'm asking for the right thing and but i'm asking for the right thing with the wrong motivation i believe god loves us enough to say if i if i gave that to you um man that would that would not be good for your soul mm-hmm. and so he he withholds that so i think we've got to first ask not just before the right things but you got to ask with the right motivation that's really key in that is is this really about the glory of God or is it about your glory? Is it about your comfort? Is it about, you know, you just want to have a, a story to tell other people. Look how look how close I am to God. I mean, we can use and manipulate, we can use God for our own purposes. Yeah. And that's very dangerous. Right. Um the the other thing I would say is the Bible makes very clear that not only do we have to ask in his name, we have to pray in faith. James chapter one is very clear that says, if you ask for wisdom, make sure you're praying in faith. If you're not praying in faith, don't think that you're going to receive this because I want you to pray as if you really believe I'm going to give this to you. Mm-hmm. There's this level of expectation that I think God wants us to have to say, no, I, I really, he loves, Jesus always loved faith. He loved seeing faith. He loved seeing even little bits of faith. When he, when, when he was walking around this earth, when he saw people with a sense of faith in him, he was always like, whoa, I love that. Your faith has made you well. You know, uh, Cornelius with with his servant, you know, you don't even have to come. Just say the word. I know you're a man under authority and my 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 servant's going to be healed. That is a, that's incredible. And Jesus is like, man, I love seeing that kind of faith. So we know that 
if we're asking, we're just going through the motions and we're struggling with doubt. I mean, it doesn't mean that uh, we're not going to have doubts when we pray, but I do think we have to ask ourselves, am I really praying in faith that, God, I believe you're going to do something? Yeah, and I think praying in faith is more about God than it is us. I think sometimes, and I've known people like this, that when their prayers didn't get answered, they blamed themselves. There was some mm, sin, something that was, mm. and I, I don't see it as that way. Praying in faith means in confidence that God hears us mm. and that God is able mm-hmm. to perform whatever He wants yes. to. But that faith that we have is we don't bring any special power to prayer mm. other than our obedience. That's right. It is God. You know, I was watching this this clip of a of a very well known national national pastor who happens to live in our town. And and he was going full name southern names, in, Dan. In name names, and <laughs> and you know he he went full southern in this sermon, and he started saying things like, "I declare this to be true. I demand this to be true." And he and you know he was filled with rhetoric, and you know and people were screaming and hollering and whooping, and 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 it was empowering him, uh, you, you know whatever. But I, I stopped and heard that, and and. Just because I declare I want this, just be just because yeah, I speak a... it out loud, the the power is not in no. how loud I am or mm-hmm. how eloquent I am, or some magic point, but it is always on on God and His That's will. That's right. And you know, it's it's almost like this word of faith movement that is, exactly what it, it is. that that people yeah. believe. Like if I declare it, it, it will be, it will happen. Yeah. And that that's a that perversion. Root, but yeah, that also has root in Eastern mysticism. Yeah. So I think there's some there's some real dangerous things with that, but. Um, I think about the, you and I have had the privilege of praying over and anointing people with oil, James mm-hmm. chapter five, yeah. right? If people are sick, they come to elders and we've done that. And one of my, the things, when I've talked with people before the prayer service and I talk to them about this, I say, here's what, here's what I can, here's what I will tell you. Um, when, when, when you're there and we're as elders are anointing you with oil, you need to believe that all things are pro- possible, but nothing is promised. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the, that's the tension, right? Mm-hmm. Like I believe all things are possible, but nothing is promised mm-hmm. because that's up to God. It's up to His will to what He wants to do. And so, um, that so asking in His name, faith is is important to have. And the last one I would say is, and I don't know how this works, but God makes it clear that if we are living in rebellion to, to God or not living according to His word. Our prayers will be hindered. He says that in First Peter to husbands. He says, "Husbands, you know, treat your wives this way because if you don't treat your wives well, your prayers are going to be hindered." I'm like, "Whoa, that's a that's a significant statement that Peter makes there." There's something about our own hardness of heart, our own rebellion, our own the way we love or not love people that affects the way God answers our prayers. That is. And, and, you know, on the flip side, that James chapter 5 passage, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails or accomplishes much. There's something, again, I don't know how it all works. I just know that God knows that when his people are living according to his word and are living righteously, those prayers are more effective. Mm-hmm. That's just how he's wired it. So I think, I think these are all things we need to think of when we're thinking about the effectiveness or when how God answers our prayers or doesn't answer our prayers. Does that make sense? Ab- absolutely. We watch a lot of British TV in my house. Oh, we do too. Do you really? Yes. I'm sorry. It's really my wife. <laughs> well, yeah, we like to blame our wives because we just, <laughs> it, something about it. But it, I'm, I'm, 
you know, my my lineage is very very British, and and so really, I mean, that's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Doctor Whitey McWhitey pants here, but um, y- y- almost every British television show of the genre we like to watch involves royalty and you know the peerage and and, yeah. and and at some point the king is always present or at least looming over the queen yeah. um but you know god always refers to himself as king of kings lord of lords we you know we approach his throne and i think mm. there's a lot that can be learned mm. from that when when you went before the king the king would open his court and say come with your your request mm. i'll consider them i'll yeah. listen to them and like you said you know if somebody came and wasn't paying his taxes if somebody came and was a revolutionary and they ask of the king would you be willing to do this <laughs> of course he's going to say no no it interfered yeah. with their yeah. requests their prayers yeah, yeah. you know at, at the same time sometimes the king would look at it and he'd hear it and if everybody around it it sounded reasonable but they didn't know everything the king knew. Mm. And the king knew that if he said yes in the situation, it would set off a series and chain of events that could threaten his entire kingdom. So yeah. sometimes he said, said no. no. And yes. he didn't always give a reason. Mm. But he had information that they yes. were not privy to. Yes. And the assumption, and, and many times you see this, and, I, and because I'm an American... And because I'm a rebel at heart, I, 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 the dirty, stinking, rotten king, you know, and I'm all sympathetic toward the other person because I don't know how the story is yeah. going to play out. But then then the person in the story often says, God bless you, king. Thank you, king. Long live the king. And I'm thinking, yeah, hell would freeze over for I'd never say long live the king. You know? <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm processing, you know, this through my through my American lens, but in that was perfectly appropriate in their setting and in their tradition and in, the, in their mentality. And, you know, the kingdom of heaven is not a democracy. No. It is not a constitutional no. republic. It is an authoritarian kingship that that he wields. Yes. And, and so the, in as much as the servants of other kings on earth have had to learn this, we must learn this, that regardless, the motivation of the king is right. Absolutely. The decision of the king is pure. Yes. He's not an earthly king that makes yeah, mistakes. Yeah. He's a heavenly king that never yes, makes mistakes. Yes. And so in faith, we trust the heart of the king yes. even when he denies us our requests. Mm. And we do not assign to him motivations that are unworthy of mm. his position. That's good. And I think sometimes we, well, I'm mad at God because he's doing this. And and and, and uh, I can never serve a God that doesn't do this. And, and we, we make all the, like he answers to us. And he yeah. doesn't. He is an absolute sovereign. Yeah. So, I, I think you know, there's some lessons to be learned, I think. I, I think that's so important to remember, and I think you you said a couple things that that we need to revisit because you know going back to the very original question, you know why doesn't God answer prayer? And we all the 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 Christian cliche answer, but it's true is God always answers prayer either yes, no, or wait, mm-hmm. right? Yes, no, or wait. I believe that when how when it comes to the no or the wait answers. We have to remember that God is at all times thinking about, like you said, the king who says, if I say yes to that, these a hundred other things are going to be impacted negatively. Mm -hmm. We don't even know that. But we might say, God, I have this great plan for you to bless. Mm -hmm. Please do this. Mm -hmm. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. Because he knows in his sovereignty, in his perfection, and in his goodness, and in his love, if I give that to you now, you're not ready. I mean, think about... You know, all of, you and I have had children that have gone through the years of growing up and they they, they learn how to drive. And, and there's something about a, a young person when they're around 15, 16, 17 years old, when they're learning how to drive and they, they want that freedom. They want to be able to do that. Well, if you give those keys or give that car or give that privilege for that, that freedom 
to do things before they're ready, what's going to happen? They're going to wreck the car. They're, yeah. they're going to wreck their car. They're going to wreck. They're going to hurt themselves. They're going to hurt others. And we have to remember that God knows our hearts. Going back to their previous episode, that whole middle knowledge thing, God knows all possibilities. If God was to give and answer some of these requests that we're asking for, how it would, to, how it might hurt us or how it might. And that's hard because sometimes the, there's really good things we're asking God for. But we just don't know in the fullness of, of God's knowledge what if he said yes to that or had said yes to that in that timing, how would it impact other things? So I just think that we have to be satisfied when God says no or wait. I mean, Liz and I, we were, we were talking about this. We were laughing about this the other day. We're Obviously, we are two people that will never get tattoos. But Liz made this comment to me. She said, if I ever get a, get a tattoo... You know how Christians get these Christian, you know, phrases or mm-hmm. crosses or, you know, these Greek words or Hebrew letters or whatever like that. Liz made the comment. She goes, I would get the word wait <laughs> because that's the number one answer that God's always given me. Just wait, mm-hmm. just wait, mm-hmm. just wait. Because that's what God says a lot is just wait yeah. and drives us nuts. But then again, every single time God has ever answered a prayer of ours, we look back and we say, that was great timing. <laughs> <laughs> Just when I needed Man, it. Yeah. that was a, God really knows what he's doing. Can you believe <laughs> <Go> that? <figure. laughs> so I, I think that's where, those are all components. I only have one other idea to think. Do you have any other things to, to no, say about, I know we only have a few minutes left, but, but I think that there's one other factor we cannot neglect when it comes to the, the, the timing or the way in which God answers prayer, and that is spiritual warfare. Hmm. We, Daniel chapter 10, right? Daniel makes this request made known to God, and it takes him, I think, 30 days, right, of prayer and fasting before Gabriel to come and to give him the answer. And, and Gabriel, I mean, we have, you preached on this last fall. You have this, you know, pull the curtain back to see what's going on in the spiritual landscape. And he's like, listen, I, I came the moment you prayed, I came to give you an answer, but there was a there's the prince of Persia, there was an there was a principality and power over this land that kept me from coming and giving to you until your your continued prayers brought Michael the Archangel, and then I was able to to, to break through. What? <laughs> yeah. Like, does that make any sense yeah. whatsoever? What you talking about, Willis? Willis? <laughs> <laughs> we don't realize that when we are praying, we are going to war. When we don't, there's a part of prayer that is spiritual warfare. And we might be praying for something that has a spiritual stronghold over it that we have no idea about, but it's going to take, it's going to take prayer and fasting and prayer and fasting to break these, some of these strongholds, these spiritual strongholds or these, these demonic influences in, in the land. And I just, in over people's lives. And I just think that we fool ourselves into thinking that, we can offer up these pet, you know, these small little prayers here and there, and thinking that God, no, if you're going to go to war, go to war. Mm-hmm. And I think that's part of the part of the prayer. My prayer life has grown the most over the last couple of years, just learning how to pray, praying and fasting as this really this this powerful means by which it helps me see God hand God's hand move even even, even greater ways. Mm-hmm. So. That's that's the final thing I'll say about why doesn't God answer prayer? Because because sometimes there are some very strong spiritual you know dark forces that are 
are fighting against that thing, mm-hmm. and you've got to do war against them. Yeah. Well, this has been an important conversation, and I again, I hope that that our conversations between uh, Ben and I uh, will trigger conversations between you and the Lord, mm. and and between you and your small group, you and your spouse, and and continue to work through this. You know, there's there's this this idea of perseverance that is always connected mm. with, with prayer yeah that we continue that we be faithful in it that we that we even uh, you know the the man who kept having to go back to the door yeah so don't be weary in well doing pray without ceasing mm-hmm. continue to knock and god will reveal himself to you that's of right. that we can be confident that's right as always thank you so much for listening to us at life talks it is our privilege to join you a couple of times per week we hope that you'll let other people know about us on social media if you ever have any questions if you would just uh, drop us an email at life talks at lifecharlotte.com and uh, we'd be happy to consider your ideas or suggestions and until next time thanks as always for joining us at life talks you've been listening to life talks Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. The Ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit LifeCharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.